This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hedwige, thank you so much for making time to be part of this conversation. Welcome to the broadcast. Thank you, Nuru. Great to be here. Fantastic. So let's start off by talking about your role. You're the Managing Director of the International Banking Federation. Help us understand what the Federation is and your role. Thank you so much, Nuru. Um, My role is actually to represent the banking industry worldwide. So our federation includes members from all over the world, be it the US, Canada, South Africa, uh, Latin America, India, Korea, Japan, Australia, China. So it means that we try to um, uh, rally to have uh, opinions and uh, viewpoints from the banking industry and then to represent them at international level. It can be International Monetary Fund, Basel Committee, uh, FATF, etc. It must be a very intense position that you hold, just thinking about how banking regulation is such a dynamic space and it's constantly moving. Yes, of course. And uh, I've been in finance for more than 35 years. So I must say that uh, the role I have now is uh, actually the, the result of all the expertise I built uh, during my time as a banker, uh, working for uh, profit organizations, but also not-for-profit organizations. So I think I have the ideal background to really bridge uh, the, the views of the banking industry, public opinion and uh, public authorities. So that's essentially what I need to do. That's really interesting. And I imagine your path to be basically the CEO of all banking federations around the world. Would you say your path was a traditional one or a non-traditional one? And just speak briefly about that. Well, I think to to, uh, arrive at that kind of job and level, you must have actually a kind of non-traditional path because uh, very often in finance, you end up in expertise roles or managerial roles. And I combine both. I was a chief risk officer, a chief financial officer, chief compliance officer, but I also served as a CFO at the university working for public authorities. So I managed to combine uh, the expert role, management role, and also understanding uh, what you need to do when you talk to uh, people, to clients, to public authorities. So having that non-traditional career path helped me and helped me to come where I'm now and to be successful in what I am now. So that means also be able to understand the cultures, to understand the backgrounds, the, the different countries you are working in. So that's really important. So no, I would say not a traditional role. I think that's very insightful and also inspiring that you don't have to follow a typical, oh, you need to get a a undergrad degree in finance, a master's degree in economics for you to make an impact at the global level in finance. So that's really interesting. Yes, it is. And sometimes people wonder why um, so a few women uh, would like to start in in the banking sector or represent a bank. And it's true that uh, after the financial crisis, of course, the reputation of banks was hit. But still, we see with COVID, we see uh, we see with the pandemic, we see with climate that the role of banks is utmost important. And so having women at all ranks, the highest ranks is really key 
uh, to have banks be relevant for society and play the role they need to play. Thanks for that. That actually leads me to the point around the role that women play in the financial sector. In 2017, the World Economic Forum, in an article, they were lamenting that female talent remains one of the most underutilized business resources. And that was in 2017, um, which is not too far away. Um, and four years later, now we're in 2021 in the midst of a global pandemic. I don't feel like it seems like that much has changed in the past four years in terms of just general appreciation and recognition of the role that women play and can play in the financial services sector. I don't know. What do you think about this and, and what can be done about this? Yeah, I wouldn't say that nothing has changed. I think when you see, for example, uh, Janet Yellen um, at the Fed in the US, when you see Christine Lagarde at the European Central Bank, when you see also... The, uh, the new um, uh, nominations from Africa in the World Trade Organization. So women start playing roles in very, very uh, high roles, which were previously considered men only. So no, I, I think it, it is really changing also in, in terms of diversity at the board level. Uh, for example, in my organization, we will soon have a women representing Japan. This is unheard of when you uh, would think about uh, what was happening 10 years ago. So it is slow, but I see change happening. It is rather that um, I continuously uh, need and want to help and mentor women to just uh, start in the banking sector, to make it through the ranks, um, to really apply for higher jobs. So I think we should also encourage women uh, to go further and to get the top job if they have an opportunity to do so. I think you're right. And thanks for reminding me that, yes, in, in, in recent past that we've seen some good uh, developments. And, and I think I, I like what you're saying, um, Edwidge, about the importance of supporting um, women, particularly women from Africa. Um, you recently uh, spoke at the leading women in banking and federation, uh, sorry, banking and finance conference that was convened by the bankers associations of Kenya, Rwanda, and Zambia. And you gave such a fantastic talk. Um, why do you feel, and I think you kind of signaled this, but specifically, why do you feel it's important to support such initiatives uh, on the continent? Yeah, I think it's extremely uh, important because when, when I started in the banking industry, I had no role model at all. Uh, so nobody was working in a bank as a senior female woman. I had to invent it myself. And now that I got to that position, I became a CEO. I really think it is important to talk about your role, to help other women, uh, to be there for them, to listen, uh, to see how they want to succeed, what, what their uh, demands are, requirements and, and uh, circumstances. So, yes, at the conference you invited me, that, that was so great to see how you could exchange and how you could also see that whether you are in Africa or in Europe, lots of issues are the same. It's it's about, uh, I, I also remember yourself, Nuhu, how do you represent yourself? How are you in the room? How do you distinguish yourself, especially as everything is now uh, done uh, through Zoom? How do you um, how do you make sure that you uh, fill up the screen, that you are there, that you are present, that your voice is heard? So this is something we continuously have to work on and adapt and make sure that when events happen as pandemic, 
we don't we do not have a um, a regression actually in in the attendance and the importance of women so yeah how you show up is it was one of the yeah the key key outcomes or learnings that i think we all left the conference thinking about how do we show up and and how we are present and purposeful and intentional so and and thanks for supporting um women on the continent uh, and and you talked about madam yellen you talked about madam lagarde and also obviously madam ngozi uh, at the wto um and you've talked about the opportunity that technology gives us to bring us together um and and share best practices so i guess maybe just kind of thinking from your vantage point what can africa teach the world what can africa teach Europe in time in terms of the financial sector because I think a lot of times we think that we're always on the receiving end but um what what would you say are some of the exports from the continent in terms of financial services Yeah I would certainly see I I read a book uh, written by Ngozi Okonjo recently that she shared with a uh, the, the lady from Australia and she shared her tips on how she managed to become who she is how for example she managed to use her um specific attire business attire which she left out uh, totally she she opted for a, an african style very elegant but very african and she made her this her trademark i thought wow this is such a powerful lesson that you can really um be the person you are and make it a success and make it a, a question of this is my being my identity as a person as a citizen um as a representative of a proud country and i saw the same with um, ladies from senegal from nigeria also from south africa lots of african countries where you see the proud um and the pride and i think we can learn from that because um it's not only about a job it is also about respect and respect respecting each other so yes that was definitely something i uh, thought we can we can learn uh, about and it's not uh, at all needed when you work in finance to just have the the white shirt and the black pants like we all saw in in the city this is long gone now we can we can move forward I absolutely love I love that. I love that. Yes, Madam Gozi, I think gave a lot of us, especially as African women in the policy space, she gave a lot of us the permission and the agency to be ourselves and to have a little bit of color and wear the head wrap if you need to wear a head wrap, uh even if it's not a bad hair day. <laughs> so I love that that you you mentioned that uh because you're right. I think a lot of women um in leadership um we realize that the influence we wield is not necessarily just professional influence it's that it's that permission to express yourself and express your culture and express the beauty of your diversity without thinking that takes away from you as a professional yes and i also think um if i have to share one example where we really learn from africa it's empesa uh, what kenya did Uh, so uh, really uh, starting from scratch actually using a mobile rather than a smartphone rather than a personal computer but enabling that trade enabling um uh, small amounts to be transferred in a safe secure way 
without too much of uh, admin uh, and requirements. So that was a great learning point. So actually, we, we had the start of fintech in Africa long before fintech was invented. That's another excellent example because, you know, I didn't realize the power of M-Pesa until uh, 2016. It was several years after the product was in the market. In 2016, I, I spent two months in the U.S. on an Eisenhower Fellowship. And the first conversation I would have with every American I met over those two months, it was a two-month fellowship in the U.S. In every room I walked into, when after I said I was from Kenya, the first thing they would say is, oh, we know about M-Pesa. And this includes Wall Street bankers and high net worth investors. All of them knew about M-Pesa. And, and I was so taken aback that for the first time, I'm in a room with executives and influencers in the U.S. And they finally believe and can see that Africa has something to teach them. Because typically the narrative has been very different. So you're right. I think this aspect of decentralizing and, and democratizing um, finance, I think, is probably Africa's greatest export to the world. Yes, and especially the, the use of uh, these technology by, by women, because that's something I learned in Africa, the small businesses, uh, trade, business, uh, women are very important, very important to, to develop those small shops, small trades, and actually it's the women and also microfinanced women who makes um, who makes a living, a living for the women, a, 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 a living for the family, able to grow up uh, the children and to be sure that they are getting educated. Absolutely. So now talking about women, um, you have graciously agreed to be a judge for the 2021 Angaza Awards. And, and it's we're just so excited to have you as a judge. Uh, the Angaza Awards is a Pan-African Award that seeks to spotlight women from across the financial services sector. So we're talking about banking, insurance, fintech, like you mentioned, um, SACOs and CHAMAs. In Kenya, for example, we have CHAMAs where people like you and me, girlfriends, neighbors, people from the same community pull their resources together and help each other invest in assets and their businesses. Um, so we've got CHAMAs, um, the pension sector. So the Angaza Awards is recognizing women regardless of the space that they play within the financial services sector. What do you expect from the Angaza Awards, uh, from the applications that you'll be reading in the next month or so? What do you expect from that, um, from, from the ladies who are submitting applications? Yeah, I'm very, very excited because I think that since COVID, since the pandemic, the world has changed completely. Everything, uh, everything is upside down now. So what I really hope to see is proposals, is ideas that share that experience. So how can we make um, uh, life easier? How can we make um, uh, life uh, safer? How can we use technology, but not for the sake of technology or um, uh, making even more money, but to be uh, relevant? to uh, offer added value for clients, to develop sustainable uh, solutions. So I think that we have a great blend now to really see, okay, the pandemic is, is hopefully uh, over, or at least we have solutions ahead. We managed as a world to find solutions. So what about the financial sector? What's in uh, for the future? And I really love it. I think seeing from uh, the eyes of a woman, 
I expect uh, solutions and and um, ideas and proposals that will blow me away. That's what I hope. Awesome. So for the ladies who are considering entering the Angata Awards, you've gotten uh, um, your cliff notes from one of the judges in terms of what they'll be looking for in your applications. Thank you for that. So, but you know, these awards at Reach is not just about shining a spotlight. It's also um, paying it forward. So what would you say to the ladies who uh, won last year, the 2020 Angaza Awards, there were 10 ladies uh, from across East Africa. What what would you expect from these ladies um, once you win such an award? What next? Yes, I think that having great ideas is, is nice, but then of course, you have to make it a business case. So the, the the awards give you a great chance and opportunities to get visibility, to attract interest. Um, but I would say, if I can give golden advice, try to have in your network ladies or men that have been in venture capital or in um, uh, capital seed money, whatever. So having uh, people in your network who can help you think about how to make it a business, how to sell it to a company, how to include this idea in the company I'm working for. So how can you actually capitalize on the ideas you have to really make it valuable for others and and, uh, really make it scale? That's very good golden advice. And as we wrap up uh, this wonderful conversation, um, I have a final question for you. Um, So what would you say are the three things that uh, you would like women in Africa, but particularly women in the financial sector. So looking at your vantage point, you're at the International Banking Federation. So you see things globally uh, and broadly. So what would be the three things you would like African women in finance to do differently? Yeah, I think um, seeing from Africa, there are three key words that I find important. We know that Africa will be the continent of the future in terms of population, in terms of growth. So I would say um, financial inclusion is a, is a buzzword, is something that will be really important and should be blended in every, every thinking, every company. Um, I think that the second thing is, is all about sustainability. Uh, Africa will be most hit also by climate change. Um, so finance plays a key role in this. So you cannot be in finance if you are not interested in sustainability and you do not try to find solutions for it. And then the third is is, um, diversity. Uh, Africa, this is nearly 60 countries. It's it's a continent, you say uh, very rightfully pan-African, but still I know that every country is different. So how to use that diversity as a strength? Because I know when we are in finance, we want to be global. When women are in finance, of course, they want to cooperate. But the question is, how do you do this with a um, uh, an identity that is different country by country, but at the same time, creating those networks and try to be bolder, try to be more efficient by working together as African countries. Well, Hedwig, in such a short time, we've covered so much ground. I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose in terms of the amount of insights that you've shared. Um, But if I can just really recap briefly, you've really walked us down a journey of how you've started and grown in your career. 
and the fact that you've taken a non-traditional path. Um, you've talked about the importance of collaboration and partnerships. Uh, you've talked about the need to have a mindset of me. I think what you've talked about really strongly is the need to have that mindset of impact, uh, making sure how you show up is purposeful. Um, and, and, and in the terms of, of Africa, I think we have a lot to teach the world, as you've said, the importance of diversity and how you show up, even if you're showing up in your colorful vitenge, your colorful um, Ankara clothes, uh, that doesn't take away from you as a woman in the financial sector. And, and you've given us the, the gems that we should really look at, not only for those of us who are applying for the Angaza Awards, but just women in finance in general. Uh, if you're in Africa, know that Africa is the future. As you've said, financial inclusion is important. Sustainability, particularly issues around climate change and um, climate change uh, mitigation and adaptation strategies and making sure that that's woven into what we do as financial sector players. And then also mostly, you really talked about the power of technology. You mentioned that M-Pesa uh, case, um, and indeed, that is one of Africa's greatest exports to the world in terms of inclusion uh, through the use of technology. So I don't know, any final thoughts that you want to share before we say goodbye to everybody? Now, I would say, uh, if you have an idea, if you want to apply, please do, if not for this edition, for a next one. I've applied a couple of times for an award, and I know what it gives you when you win something or just be in the in the final three. This is such an amazing experience. So I would say go for it. Uh, let the world know. Don't keep ideas for yourself, but let others shine and uh, benefit from your brain. Fantastic. I could not add another word. Thank you so much, Hedwige. Of course, uh, anyone who wants to apply, visit angazaawards.com. Thank you so much, Hedwige. Thank you. Okay.